Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located on the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Jesus Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Good morning, Fellowship Church! Are you ready to worship God? You know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, amen? There's freedom to shout, freedom to dance, freedom! Come on, give God a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah! Yeah. 
we were doing that song, uh, I just felt like the Lord was, was speaking to me that we have some people here maybe that have lost hope. Maybe you, you have that broken heart that needs to be mended. And for, for some of you, what you have lost hope in, you had hoped for for so long. But, but now maybe you've given up. And I feel like the Lord wants to tell you, he's not done. He's still working. Get your hope back. What he's wanting to do in you, he planned from the very future. And according to scripture, the Bible doesn't lie, he's faithful to complete. And that goes for you, that goes for your kids, it goes for your finances, it goes for your health. And so Lord, we come before you right now and we, we pray Holy Spirit you give our hope back it's our fault we lost it but we need something miraculous to give it back to us so I pray Holy Spirit right now that you would infuse us with hope you died so that we might have hope you came to this earth and you died for us that we might have a hope and a future and Lord God we cling to that so whatever it is right now that we have just lost hope in or something, Lord, that has just broken our heart, I pray in Jesus' name that you would come through for us in such an incredible way that you give us a new perspective on that situation. Maybe you need to give us a new way to pray about that situation. Maybe, Lord, you're going to come through just not in the way that we thought. And the way you come through for us is always better than what we thought. We praise you for that. So restore us. Wherever you are right now, just ask the Lord to restore your hope. And relinquish control so he can do it his way. Just tell him that. Say, Lord, I'm relinquishing control. I'm giving it to you. Lord, we're fine with however you want to fix it. Because you're better at doing our life for us than we are doing our life. We trust you. We relinquish control to you. We thank you, Lord, this morning that you've touched us in a new way and that you've given us that new, new perspective. Help us not to forget it. And help us anxiously wait for it. Be patient but anxiously wait for it, Lord. Surprise us. Surprise us with who you are and how you are. We love you, God. You're so good to us. Let's praise him for a new hope this morning, shall we? He's so good. All right, you guys can be seated. You can greet each other as you are. We're so happy you're here with us at Fellowship Church. If you're watching at home with us, thank you so much. We understand you could have watched a lot of services this morning, but we thank you for being a part of ours. And we really feel like even though you're watching at home, you are a part of our church family. So thank you so much for being a part of our family. We love you. We support you. Can't wait to see you again in the future and hope that you will be attending one of our live services soon with us. 
but thank you for taking advantage of our internet. And uh, it's great what, what technology is and what God can do through it. So thank you so much for being a part of that. Now, if you are watching from home and you're new with us or you're in the, here in the auditorium and you're new here at Fellowship, we'd love to have a record of being here. We'd like to get you some more information about the church as well as give you a gift uh, if you are here for the first time. And everybody within your party, you can go to the information counter and get a uh, uh, basically a little card that will give you a free specialty drink in our coffee shop. And uh, we do that just to say thank you for being a part of Fellowship Church. We've got a guest reception coming up. You're going to be getting an invitation for that if you register with us too. Uh, but really the easiest way to register is whether you're at home or you're in here with us in the auditorium is text the word fellowship to 94,000. When you do that, you'll be uh, guided over to a link that can get you some more information about the church. Well, we are very, very excited about what's coming up here at Fellowship. Uh, this new series that we started, Help My Personality is Showing, uh, should be helping all of us because our personality shows sometimes a little bit too much. I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about how, you know, why do the bad traits in my personality tend to come out when I don't want them to? Um, so uh, we're going to be talking more about that here in the future. Very excited about Pastor Hooper's message today. And we're going to be continuing this series over the next two weeks. So make sure you come back. Make sure you're a part of our our live services. If you're at home, you're watching at home, maybe you're on vacation, make sure you tune in every week for our services. We got some really fun stuff uh, planned. We've got a end time series that is going to be coming up. We have a a relationship series that is going to be coming up. So we're very excited about all of those things. Now, if you are interested in choir or would like to be in choir, um, Maybe you've been in choir in the past or you want to join. We're going to have a uh, special meeting for you guys this morning right after this service if you'll go to the chapel. It's kind of our choir kickoff for 2022. We have a killer choir. Can you say that? Is that okay to say we have a killer choir? Because I think we have a killer choir. And uh, we want you to be a part of it. So please, uh, if you need directions on how to get back to the chapel, swing by the information counter. We can point you in the right direction. Well, we're going to continue to worship now with the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you've come prepared to give back. We just worshiped him with uh, praise and song. Now we're going to worship him with giving. And you know all the ways that you can give here at Fellowship. We don't pass plates or buckets. Uh, You can give on your Church Center app, which if you do not have a Church Center app, download that. Put your information in there. It makes your life so much easier to navigate things here around the church uh, as far as classes, courses, getting your kids signed up, checked in, all those things, as well as giving. So you can do that on Church Center app. You can do that on our website. You can text give, or we have offering boxes in the uh, lobby if you're old school like me and actually still write checks. So if you'd like to do that, you can do that as well. But as you get ready to give, whether you're here or at home, let me say a prayer of blessing over you. Lord, we love you and thank you so much for bringing us through to 2021. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for restoring hope in us for the future. And Lord, I pray now that as we go into this new year, that it would be our most financially blessed year ever, that you would come through for us, your favor would be on us, and we will praise you for it. Thank you, Lord, for always taking care of us. Thank you for always walking us through financial storms. I pray that you would break financial curses off of us if we have them. But Lord, I pray that we would also always stay faithful in giving uh, back to you with tithes and offerings. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give. Here's some other things that are happening here at Fellowship. Good morning, church family. Here's what's happening at Fellowship Church. 
Coming up on January 16th, we're going to be holding a guest reception over in the Monument Room in the administrative wing of our facility. Now, if you would consider yourself to be a guest or a visitor here with us, this event is for you. Sign up for that on the Church Center app. It'll get you a tour of our facilities, meet up with a guest service rep who will introduce you to some staff here at the church, kind of give you the rundown of what we've got going on here, as well as a free continental breakfast. So please sign up for that on the Church Center app. January 30th, we're going to be starting another round of Rooted courses. Here's a video to explain a little bit more about Rooted. Rooted to me was just like from the very beginning, like here's the basics and we're going to just move through what Jesus can do in your life in a a simple way. We start in Genesis and we, we learn who God is. And by the end, it's like now how is God moving in our life and how can we do that for others? And not only learning the text and becoming closer to God, but actually doing it through building real relationships with real people. The best thing about Rooted is it always seemed to take the scripture and tie it right in to whatever mess you're going through in your life and, you know, reading that. And there was donuts, that always helps. But it seemed like no matter what anybody was going through, somebody could relate almost each week to what that message was. It really feels so easy to be around this group of people. Every week, it, like the conversations flow. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like work. The rooted curriculum was really easy to follow as the weeks went on, and it was like it was very nice to have the beginning, the middle, the end. I didn't know what to think coming in to rooted. 100% recommend it to anybody who wants to build relationships with other members of the church family and do it with Christ as the, as the foundation, mm-hmm. it just makes everything flow so easy. Again, Rooted starts January 30th. It takes place during the first service. So you would attend the Rooted course during the 9 o'clock service and then attend the 11 o'clock service afterward. Now there's going to be coffee, pastries, and there is a cost that's $25, but that gets you all of the materials for the course. If you're looking to take your relationship with God further and root deeper in Him and His Word, this is the course for you. As always, Fellowship Church, see what's happening here on our website and on the Church Center app. Enjoy part two of Help My Personality is Showing. Well, good morning. Do you have anybody in your close circle of friends or maybe in your family who is not self-aware, unaware of their own issues and problems, yet able to criticize and point out even the smallest issues in somebody else, but they walk around with a glaring issue that everybody can see except them. I tell Anna all the time, I give her permission, not that she needs permission, to always stop me before I walk out the door wearing something that she doesn't think I ought to be wearing. I tell her, listen, I see these old men all the time on golf courses, and if you ever see me walking out of the front door of our house wearing a pair of shorts, a pair of tennis shoes, and long black dress socks that hit me to the calf, (laughs) stop me. I don't want to be doing old guy stuff too soon. We were, uh, this is a true story. We were um, going to stop by City Market right over here on 24 Road, the big one. And uh, she just needed to run in for like one item. We shopped, but she had something she needed to pick up. So 
normally I would park the car and go in with her. This particular case, I said, listen, it's crowded. I'll drop you off at the front door. I'll find a place to park near the front door. Be looking for me when you come out. Well, there was no place to park by the front door. I had a circle a few times. She still wasn't back out. And finally, I parked in the parking lot, and I thought, this would be nice. I got out of my truck. I stood out in the parking lot where she could see me. In a few moments, she, she, I nodded at her. She kind of looked and looked away, and I nodded again. Hey, you know, she, here she comes. She gets to the truck, and she is laughing her head off. And I said, what is wrong with you? She said, you're not going to believe this. But when I looked out here in the parking lot, I saw you standing there. said, I thought, who is that old man standing out in the parking lot waving at me? And it took me a few minutes to realize that's my old man standing out there. Well, I don't want any of us to be unaware, not self-aware as we get older. I had a friend like that. He was a good man, a businessman from uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Matter of fact, when we started the church some 33 years ago, he brought six people up here with him on his payroll, and he paid them, and he brought money with him and to help us get started when we were on 17th and Elm. And he's a good man, loves, loves God. But about 30 years ago, he asked me if I would meet him at uh, the Village Inn on North Avenue across from Lincoln Park for a very early in the morning, I mean early breakfast meeting. And when we got there, I knew his third marriage now was, was busting up. This is a brilliant businessman. He was great with finance, with business. He was able to build a couple of large companies in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, brought one here to Grand Junction, and it took off as well. And and he'd just always been really good at that. But interpersonal relationships, not so much. And as his third marriage was, was wrapping up, he said to me, he said, Pastor, let me ask you a question. He said, first of all, I want you to be brutally honest with me. Brutally honest. I said, all right. He said, what is wrong with me? What is wrong? And I started with the nice stuff. I said, well, first of all, and I've known the guy for years. He was in my Bible class way back in Fort Worth, Texas. And I started with the nice stuff. I said, well, first of all, I know you've got a great heart. You really do. You have a good heart. You're a good person. You're very generous. You really are. Um, and I know that you're saved. You love God. I said, matter of fact, tell me about your salvation. And he ran over his salvation prayer again when it happened and, and knowing he was saved. I've stood with him in church services when, and we've worshiped together. I I knew he was a worshiper. And so I said, so all these things are great, but your personality is terrible. Your people skills are awful. You do not treat people nicely. Matter of fact, the waitress that walked up to try to get your order, you kind of snapped at her. You've never treated a waiter or a waitress right in my presence. You're not kind to other people. You act like other people are here placed on this planet for you and like everybody's on your payroll. I said, what's weird about this is he was a greeter at our church. He stood at the front door of our buildings and he would greet people and smile and stop them and put his arm around them and pray for them if they had a problem. It was like he was running for office as people were coming and going out of the church, but his default was entirely the opposite. And I told him, I said, listen, man, you're gonna have to get on top of that because nobody wants to be with you. Nobody even wants to spend your money with you. If living with you is part of it, they would rather you have your money by yourself without them. And you're losing your third wife. And here's what's going to happen if you don't get on top of this. You're going to end up a lonely old man living in a very big house all by yourself. 
and no one is going to want to come see you. Now, there's help for this. There's help for these personality issues. There's good books on people skills. There's things that you can do. There's people that can mentor you. But man, you are going to have to completely change the default setting of your personality because your personality is awful. What happened with him is he underestimated the impact of an unaddressed emotional issue in his life in the past. His bad behavior was brought on by brokenness. This man had been broken. Whether it was business dealings, whether it was family members, whether it was friends, whether it was a girlfriend, whether it was guys in his life, whether it was a first or second marriage or things spoken over his life, his personality and bad behavior was due to a broken spirit. As a result of that, he put up this storefront, this facade, closed, closed for business. Nothing too intimate, nothing too personal is ever coming out of me. Matter of fact, you can just go away because the truth of the matter is, I don't need you, I don't need anybody. Well, last week, we took a story out of Exodus of a man who also had bad behavior as a result of brokenness. Now, he's polar opposite of the friend that I just told you about, but the bad behavior was still bad behavior. We found out that last week, as we closed it all out, that Moses himself had an anger issue. The anger issue was the bad behavior, but it was a result of brokenness that took place in his life. This anger issue we saw going all the way back to when he was in the palace of the Egyptians, when he killed an Egyptian for bullying a Hebrew uh, child of God. He throws the tablets of stone down on the ground because the children of God were acting up. So he breaks the stones of the, of the Ten Commandments. He later, God tells Moses later, he wants you, I want you to speak to this rock. Speak to it and water's gonna come out because it's gonna be a metaphor of me trying to teach the people that provisions can come from unexpected places. So just speak to it and water will come out. Well, he got mad and he hit it. And he didn't just hit it once, he hit it twice. Moses, dude, where's all this coming from? Well, there is a progression that takes place when it comes to certain personality disorders that we see in ourselves, or that we might see in a family member, a friend, or even a mate. And all of these personalities begin with something happening. In this particular case for Moses, this personality disorder progressed from rejection being rejected when he was a child, rejected from the Egyptians, rejected from the Hebrews, to approval addiction. So rejection falls into the category, see it over there, of approval addiction. Now he's overcommitted, now he's overextended, he's wearing himself out, he's overwhelmed. He doesn't wanna say anything to anybody that would cause them to be upset with him because he needs their approval more than he needs to be honest and take the risk of them not liking him. So here we have rejection that progresses into addiction approval, and from there it goes to conflict avoidance. Approval addiction, conflict avoidance. So I would rather experience the discomfort of dealing with my own feelings rather than dealing with the possibility of sharing with you my feelings, causing you to reject me. You see where it's going? So now I'm addicted to your approval. Now I can't be honest with you because in being honest with you may mean you don't like me anymore. 
So now here we go, from conflicts avoidance, we start pushing down our emotions and, and we don't express what you would normally express in a healthy relationship because every healthy relationship is gonna have conflict. If a man is living with a woman, there are things about that man that drive you as a woman absolutely crazy. By the way, women, there are things about other women that drive you absolutely crazy. So it's not just the men in our life or the women that are in our life. The truth of the matter is every relationship has possibilities of there being conflict in them. And when both individuals are healthy, it's easy to say, hey man, you hurt my feelings. What did I say? Well, you know, you called me an old man when I was standing out there in the parking lot earlier. Well, I'm sorry about that. Oh, okay, well, I'm good now. All right, you, you buy me lunch then. You buy me lunch. Right? And you're good and you're fine and you move on from it. But when there's approval addiction, it leads to conflict avoidance, which leads to always passive aggressive behavior. Because if I am stuffing down my emotions and my feelings about what just happened, they are coming back out. And they're not coming back out when I was okay and healthy and could have handled it in a heartbeat. They're coming back out years, if not months later, when other things have stacked up on top of them, causing there to be an explosion. Passive aggressive behavior is inevitable. It will come back up. And now you're having a conversation. And here it is. January 2022, and a conversation all of a sudden jumps back to a higher amount of octane being poured on it. And the higher amount of octane you find out comes from something that you said back in March of 2009. And then they say, bring up something that happened in August of that same year. And then later on, they, they tell you something that you did or you said in November that never got fixed. And they're thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. Why didn't you talk to me about these things back in 2009? And the reason for it? Passive aggressive behavior, conflict, avoidance, approval, addiction. And if you have passive aggressive behavior due to these other progressive, progressive emotions that have come along the way, that behavior will kill you professionally. That passive aggressive behavior will make a marriage absolutely miserable because you don't know what mood you're gonna get. Is this a true mood? Is this a real mood? Is this a facade over something that they wish that they said and they're not saying? And now you're just living in a guessing game of emotions with a person that you're supposed to be doing life with. And you begin to think, am I supposed to be doing this until death do us part? Come now, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Sooner than later. But here's a man, his name is Moses. He loves God. He's being used by God. But he missed what God had in mind for him because of a personality disorder brought on from a past emotional issue that he never dealt with. And prayer didn't fix this. Prayer didn't fix this. Y'all, you want to talk about a praying man? Moses here is a praying man. If you'll remember the story back in Numbers chapter 12, Moses got engaged to and married a woman in an interracial marriage. He married a woman by the name of Sipporah. Well, his sister Miriam and his brother Aaron had a problem with this interracial marriage. So they began to criticize Moses. And in criticizing Moses, God said this about Moses, Moses is the most humble man 
on all the planet. So I'm going to handle this for him. So God stepped in and said, you're criticizing Moses. I, and he struck his sister Miriam with leprosy. So now Miriam is given a death sentence of leprosy. Later on, we found out that, that he was, she was cast out of the camp for some seven days before she was allowed to come back. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you how that happened. But first of all, this is what Miriam said, or this is what God said to Miriam and Aaron. First of all, when Miriam got leprosy, nothing happened to Aaron because Aaron's like, God, I just playing. I didn't really mean it. It was her. She said it all, you know. <laughs> so it fell on Miriam. And then, and then uh, uh, this is what God said to both of them. Said other prophets... I speak to in dreams and visions. But your brother Moses, I speak to face to face. In other words, what he said was that there is no, nothing inhibiting the relationship of communication that I have with your brother. When it comes to Moses and me, I don't have to speak in riddles or rhymes. I don't have to, I just talk to Moses face to face. And you didn't think about that or respect him enough or my relationship with him enough that you wouldn't criticize him for an action, that if I had a problem with it, I'd have dealt with it. The Bible says that as they looked at Miriam, they asked Moses, please, please don't let this happen. And Moses went to God and said, God, please heal my sister. Please don't let her have leprosy. Please, Lord. And God said, well, throw her out of the camp for seven days and let her come back in. I think it'll be all right. But he, he kicked her out for seven days, let the leprosy go away. And then she comes back in the camp. Now, this is interesting. Here Moses is having a relationship with God where he could talk to God face to face about anything, but that approval issue was still there in his life because you cannot get deliverance as long as you're in denial. Moses, why didn't you deal with it back when you buried that Egyptian soldier in the sand? Why didn't you just come before God then and say, what's going on with me, Father? What's happening with me? When you threw down the tablets and you went back up on the mountain again to get another set of them from God, why didn't you talk to him then and say, I got some anger stuff rising up in me. I think it kind of maybe go back away. Could you help me with that? Or later on when he hit the rock and God was talking, telling him not to, and he took him up on the mountain to show him, listen, now I'm gonna let you see where you could have went, but you're never gonna step foot there because you've never dealt with this emotional issue that you have had in your, your life. It has always cost you, it always will, but you failed to deal with it because you were in denial of it. And some of you are thinking to me, all right, they, you know, swing and a miss with me, Pastor. This message here today, I don't have approval addiction issues. I don't, I'm all right, I think I'm good. Well, I think I am, well, you may be. But let's just check into it to see if there could be the slightest possibility and let's eradicate it today. Here's the question. Is what people think about you, does it matter too much to you? What other people think about you? Now, go ahead and run it out. Does it matter a little too much to you? And let me paraphrase it by saying it's okay that you want to be liked by people. Sure it is, but... When it becomes dangerous is when you need to be. Let me, let me say that again. It's okay that you want to be liked, I do too. But when it becomes dangerous is when you need to be liked by them. Why? Because where God is taking some of you, you're going to have to make decisions that's going to disappoint some people in your life. 
You cannot say yes to everyone. You cannot accept every request. You cannot please or be everything to everybody. If you try to do these things, the next thing you will know is that your life will be over when you haven't even lived it yet. You know, it could be that God has delayed some of the things in your life, even new seasons in your life, because we've never gotten these kind of emotional issues fixed in our life. And you cannot, hear me please, you cannot please God and people too. You can't. You're going to have to make a decision. God's and pleasing him is more important to me than pleasing anyone else on this planet. And when I please God as an audience of one, everybody in my life that needs to be pleased will be pleased. Well, how do you know? How do you know if you are a person that deals with approval addiction? Are you all right? All right, here we go. Here are three traits that will let you know if you fall into this category or not need to deal with them. Number one, here we go. First of all, people with approval addiction will suffer abuse from those they are trying to assist. They will allow themselves to be disrespected, to be mistreated by those they are doing the most for. And you put up with it because you need them to like you not self-aware of the way that you are doing this and the fact that you will take abuse or disrespect from those people in your life, even family members that you have done the most for is an unhealthy relationship and approval addiction is the cause of it. Here's number two, people with approval addiction pull people in that God is trying to pull out. We keep pulling people back in that God is trying to pull out. When God pulls them out of your life, you run back in, have coffee with them, sit down with them, try to fix it all. And God tried to pull a whole group of people out of Moses' life. And Moses went back to him and said, God, don't do it, please, don't do it, please. Let me keep them with me, Lord, I don't want them to leave. And God said, okay, I'm going to give you what you're asking for and now let you learn from experience what I was trying to teach you from following my instructions. Because there are some people I pull out of your life, I don't ever want you to know why they left. Because if you dig into it and if you find out, you'll live the rest of your life with a wounded heart with a knife sticking out of your back. So when I pull people out of your life, just be okay with it. Let them stay out. It's really interesting in the life of Moses when you look at it, that these very people that Moses prayed back into his life, later on frustrated him to a degree that he now hit the rock instead of speaking to the rock and it caused him to miss out on his destiny. And that might not have been so if you just would have let them stay out. The Gospel of John, and I'll have to summarize this first because I don't remember it uh, verbatim, but it goes something like that. If the people that you have around you are yours, I mean, are not yours, they can't stay. But the people around you are yours and supposed to be, they can't leave. Here's the third one. People with approval addiction pass on their purpose because they are pursuing God's or people's preferences. They pass on their own purpose because they are pursuing other people's preferences. Galatians chapter one, verse 10 says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. 
pleasing people were my goal, I, I would not be Christ's servant. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. If pleasing people were my goal, I mean, it's going to happen, sure, but I can't serve Christ and that be my number one concern. This does not mean that you're inconsiderate of other people. Absolutely not. It means that you're a person of priorities. It means that you're kind, but it also means that you're confident. You see, the people that God puts in your life and wants to stay in your life will never put you in a position where you have to choose them over your purpose in life. They'll never put you there. And for some of you this morning, you may need to really hear this. God wants you to stop wasting time trying to accomplish something that you will never be able to accomplish because you can never fully and consistently please people. You can never fully or consistently please people. Moses tried it, didn't he? People took him, let him out of Egypt. They complained, wanted to go back. They were thirsty, gave them water from the rock. They complained, didn't have any bread. The guy gave them manna. They complained, need meat. God said, quail. And they continued to complain. Because what you do for some people will never be enough. And some people in your life will only remember not all the times and not all the things you did for them. Sometimes the only thing they'll ever remember is the one time you had to tell them no. It's a whole lot easier living this life for an audience of one. When you learn to do that, Father, how I treat my wife right now is not about her. Not about how she's acting, her mood. It's about you. And I'm gonna honor this woman and love her. Hold the door open for her. Cause you know, God, me holding that door open for her, nobody else is watching right now. You're watching it. She's your daughter. She's your princess. You see, when you live for an audience of one, all of a sudden you're patient with people that maybe you wouldn't have been patient with because you know <laughs> he's testing you. When you live for an audience of one, well, people will want to be around you. I wish my buddy 30 years ago would have heard this. I wish he would have listened. Truth of the matter, he's just a hard-headed business guy, real successful, used to people jumping and snapping whenever he popped his fingers. Hard-headed, stuck in his ways. He's in his 70s now. He lives on a lot of land with a really big lake and a really big house. He's sick, and he's in that home all by himself. He underestimated an emotional issue that went unchecked. Moses missed out on his destiny because of it. My friend missed out on a happy growing old with some woman destiny. But you don't have to, neither do I. This approval addiction thing can be broken off of you. And you can start living your life pleasing an audience of one and never go back to that default. Now it's going to take some time to do a default setting. But we can start now. A reset on the default, we can start now. Would you stand with me, please, all over the house? With every head bowed and every eye closed, quick question. 
Every head bowed, every eye closed. Help. My personality is showing. You think that might be you and you might need a little help in that area. Would you slip your hand up real quick all over the house? In the name of Jesus, I break the stronghold of addiction. We expose the blind spots, Father. I pray that you might set us free from this. We declare that we are going to into a season of options, a season of overflow, a season of emotional healing. And Father, I'm really thankful for the people that you have put in my life. I just want to get this balance right and keep it right. So addiction, the people's approval, I break it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, it is broken. And I am forever changed to doing my life humble in view of an audience of you, God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior and to guide my life, to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.